is going on guys your boy Elroy here and welcome back to the your boy Elroy MMA podcast I am your host Josh Prep Igina and we are back again after a busy combat sports week last week we head back into another very busy combat sports week but before we get into that Thank you so much for hitting that download button. If you've been here before, if it's your first time here, welcome. We're so glad to have you. I am Josh, and I love combat sports. Specifically, I love the arts of the mixed martial variety, a.k.a. MMA. I love MMA, and uh, I'm here to show my passion for that so with that being said let's get into the news so just catching up on a story that was that had came out last week stemming from uh the promoter of one championship's appearance on the mma hour chatri um he said he was going to meet um last Friday with Francis Ngannou and um, he had put out a statement over the weekend that you know after meeting with Francis Ngannou one has pulled their offer from the table due to them not being able to agree on some non-fight related terms So that was the story that had came out over the weekend. And um, come Monday, the MMA hour rolled back around. And, excuse me. Ariel had did some digging and spoke to Francis himself. And it seems like. Francis had already had a deal on the table that he's looking after and didn't want to um, make Chatri feel like he was ready to take that deal with one because he had already had something he was mulling over. Um, and it seems like Francis could be announcing his plans very, very soon. Um, Now, I am someone who has been a bit critical of Francis. (laughs) I personally feel like um, there was better ways to go over this, but Francis is a man with morals and uh, high standards, and it is his career, so there's there's nothing I can do about that. But I do believe that, um, you know, whatever he does, we're going to be watching. So as critical as you can be, as soon as that man signs, wherever he signs, whatever he does, chances are you're tuning in. So whatever conversation that's going on now it's irrelevant once that pen hits paper and uh, he steps back into a cage or a ring so that's the Francis you know update for this week 
I'm pretty sure, like I said, we'll hear about him again in the next coming weeks. And uh, we'll continue to monitor this story. Speaking of free agent signings, something that I didn't think I'd be saying in 2023 is Bellator re-signs Cyborg. Um, Now, it seemed like the whole Cyborg thing was pointing towards her signing with the PFL. At least the way my brain was wired was, hey, you've done everything you can do in Bellator. You're going to go to the PFL. You're going to fight Kayla Harrison, and you're going to fight the rest of the female lightweights or flyweights, whatever they are nowadays. But um, MMA fighting reports that the promotion announced Thursday via press release that the reigning featherweight champion has re-signed with Bellator on a multi-fight deal. She has been with the promotion since January 2020 and returns after fighting out her previous contract in April 2022. She also shared the news on her social media and hinted at a possible fight with top contender Kat Zinganu. Um, she had put a meme up of the, you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm not effing leaving, uh, but it was a picture of her, um, a Photoshop picture of her, and she had a Bellator tie. It was really, really funny. <laughs> um, she's 5-0 and in the Bellator cage with all of her bouts being championship fights. She won the title from Julia Budd, and has successfully defended it four consecutive times, most recently against Arlene Blankow. Prior to signing with Bellator, Cyborg had championship reigns in the UFC, Invicta, and Strikeforce. After receiving multiple offers from several promotions, I'm very happy that I was able to come to terms with Bellator and remain the face of their women's featherweight division. Cyborg said in a press release, Scott Coker is a promoter that I've worked with and respected for many years. He's done so much to further women's MMA and give us a platform to showcase our skills. Quote, when making this decision, it was important to me that I was signing with an organization that I felt had the biggest names and the top talent at 145 pounds for me to challenge myself against. There is no question that the top female fighters at featherweight are signed with Bellator and I can't wait to get back in there and defend my belt. Thursday's announcement did not disclose how many fights Cyborg had committed to nor who was the first opponent on her new deal. Zingano is a prime candidate. Zingano has is a prime candidate having won her first four Bellator bouts as is Sarah McMahon, who made a successful Bellator debut this past April with a split decision win over Blankow. Both potential contenders were previous title challengers in the UFC Bantamweight division. During her MMA free agency, Cyborg competed in a pair of boxing bouts, defeating Simone Silva via decision this past September, and then following that performance with a win over Gabrielle Holloway the following December. So Cyborg is here to stay. Um, You know, she's, her age is like 
up there and um she continues to age but she continues to fight at a high level so you know bellator is really the only place that she can go especially you know they want her there like I don't see the UFC trying to get her back. Nothing like that. Um, PFL was really the only one that the only place where I could have saw her go. But um, looks like they're not trying to be in the Chris Cyborg business. So we will see what's to what's to come for her. There's uh, two fights there already laid out with McMahon and Zingano. So we'll see. Katz and Ganu should be a fun fight. Moving on to the last piece of news, and that is that it was announced earlier this week um, that Juliana Pena has broken ribs and is out in her title fight main event versus Amanda Nunes. She's out, and really most people's number one choice for a bantamweight title shot Irene Aldana steps in Aldana was previously scheduled for a rematch against Raquel Pennington on May 12th that likely would have decided a new number one contender but instead she moves right into the championship opportunity the Mexican standout has won two straight fights and four of her past five Though she has not actually fought at 135 135 pounds in either of her past two contests, this past September, Adana won a scheduled 140-pound catchweight fight against Macy Chasson with a spectacular upkick to the body knockout. Prior to that, she scored a first-round TKO of Yana Santos after missing weight by more than three pounds. It is not known yet if Pennington will receive a new opponent for May 20th, UFC 289 is scheduled to take place at the Rogers Arena in Vancouver, Canada, with former lightweight champion Charles Oliveira fighting Benil Dariush in the co-main event. Shout out to um, Alexander K. Lee from MMA Fighting for providing that news. I'm excited. You know, Dana White pointed this out, and we all see it happening. This Mexican MMA, like, boom with um, champions like... Alexa Grasso, Brendan Moreno, and an interim champ in Yair Rodriguez. Irene Aldana can continue that heat against Amanda Nunes if she happens to win the title. I'm excited. You know, she has big power. She can match up size-wise. It's the skills (laughs) that we have to kind of keep an eye on. We're not sure. You know what I mean? Like, we just we just don't know. Like stated in the article, she hasn't even fought at 135 in her last few fights. So, this, you know, time will tell. Let's see if she can cut the weight. But um, that's it for news. Let's talk about last week's events in mixed martial arts and in combat sports. <laughs> Starting off with... UFC Fight Night Song versus Simone. You know, this is where my night started. And it started off pretty hot. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoyed the beginning of this card. 
um, starting off with Jamie Lynn Horth versus Haley Cohen. Jamie Jamie Lynn defeats Haley Cohen by unanimous decision. On three days' notice, Marcus McGee submits Journey Newsom by rear naked choke. Arena Alexeva submits Stephanie Ager in the first round by knee bar. Cody Durden defeated Charles Johnson by unanimous decision. Martine Dubois or Budai defeated Jake Collier by unanimous decision. Another late notice opponent, Trey Waters, defeats Josh Quinlan by unanimous decision. <coughs> Marcus Rogerio de Lima defeated Waldo Cortez Acosta by unanimous decision. Fernando Padilla defeated Julian Arosa by TKO in the first round. Hadolfo Vieira submitted Crody Brundage by arm triangle choke in the second round. Komain Kayo. Kayo Bohayo defeated Michelle Olesechek by rear naked choke in the second round. And Song Yadong defeated Ricky Simone by TKO in the fifth round. Um, you know, like I said, the night started off hot. Like, I, I liked seeing those late replacements get their victory. I think Trey Waters should have gotten Josh Quinlan in, but he was very, he was, you know, he wasn't rushing because we know Josh Quinlan's power. So Trey Waters was just really conservative with it, you know, just piecing them up, continue to work and work and work, and he knew he'd get the decision victory after that. But I think he could have went in for the kill multiple times. So that was a little disappointing. But um, admittedly, after that, you know, I kind of had one eye open on that fight card. Because at the same time, we move on to Bare Knuckle FC 41. And I quite enjoyed this, you know. I tuned in to the main card. Um, exclusively, where Courtney Cameron um, and Gabrielle Roman went to a majority draw. James Brown finishes Mike Alvarado in the second round by Dr. Stoppage. Brendan Gertz smokes Christian Torres in the first round by TKO. Chris Camozzi defeated Dan Spawn in the first round by TKO. Ben Rothwell defeated Josh Copeland in the third round by TKO. And here goes the probably the best fights of the weekend. So Christian Faree defeats Beck Rollins by Dr. Stoppage after the second round was over. You know, this was a really really fun fight. Christine Faree continues to be on this tear in the women's flyweight division and she just, you know, as fun as this fight was, Christian Christine was able to just show her skills off and show that she is the real deal in bare knuckle and, you know, the queen of bare knuckle. She finishes Beck Rollins, Beck Rollins someone who 
<clears throat> I always point this out, but I'll never forget that season of The Ultimate Fighter where they brought in that uh, women's... I believe it was the women's uh, strawweight division, right? That season, most of the promotional material was around Beck Rawlings. She was supposed to be built up to be this star. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it didn't quite pan out, but she really had like a career resurgence in bare knuckle. At the beginning, you know, again, they just started to really push her. Um, BKFC 1, she she got a finish. BKFC 2, she was in the main event against Britton Hart. And um, she wasn't in 3, and then she went to 4, and she got a victory. So at that point, she's 3-0 and in bare-knuckle boxing. Goes back to MMA for a little bit. Uh, loses her return in MMA by knee bar. Wins a unanimous decision. These both these bouts in Bellator, and then comes back to bare knuckle um, to lose to Britton Hart. And then, you know, from there, we hadn't seen her. And then, I guess, you know, Christine Faria just ran out of options, so they threw her Beck Rawlings, and Christine Faria showed, hey, I'm the A-side here. I'm going to finish this fight, and that's what she did. yes. It was by a cut, but she was still able to go, and Beck wasn't, so that's a finish in my book. Congratulations to the champ, Christine Faree. She looked phenomenal, and shout-out to Beck Rawlings, you know. Even though <laughs> we just go over her inconsistency, the marketing doesn't matter. Um, she's, you know, she put up a tough fight in your co-main. Two very notable names. The underground king, Philly Zone, Eddie Alvarez. Um, Chad Money Mendez, three-time UFC title challenger. Um, just one of the most consistent fighters in UFC history. Just always at the top of the division. You know, bite on his mouthpiece, keep moving forward. Really complete fighter in Chad Mendez. You know, he had great striking. He had great grappling. Um, but here he takes off the gloves for the second time. And he loses a split decision to Eddie Alvarez. Now, this fight was super, super close. Um, I think in the end, I had scored it for Chad Mendez. But... That last round, there was um, multiple knockdowns, you know, from each guy, and it, and it kind of threw my scoring off. But I wasn't upset with the decision. Um, and it, at the end, you know, Chad Mendez takes his hand wraps off. He he retires once again. He said, you know, you know, I did enough. I'm I'm out of here. I'm ready to spend some time with family. And I applaud him for that. You know, for knowing when enough is enough. You know, he he called his. Uh, you know, I feel like when he left MMA, I never felt like he was really retired. And he proved that when he came to Bare Knuckle. Um, but these two fights that he had, both really fun. And uh, he's a name that we're going to remember when it comes to BKFC. Now, Eddie Alvarez, this was great to see him again. He 
he does what Eddie Alvarez does. You know, he never stops going forward. He proved that in this fight. And honestly, I'm not sure if we see him again in bare knuckle. But um, at least we got to see him this time. This was a great, great fight. And in your main event, this was everything I wanted to see out of these two names. Mike Perry versus Luke Rockhold. Really fun first round. Luke Rockhold rocks Mike Perry. Um, and Mike Perry does what Mike Perry does. Talk about bite down on your mouthpiece. That's all Mike Perry knows how to do. And wail at Luke Rockhold. Not just aimlessly. He he comes with precision. He comes with, you know, really calculated shots. He started going to the body. And then we went up top and just breaks some of Luke Rockhold's teeth. And Luke Rockhold waves it off. This is a TKO victory for Mike Perry. And what a scene it was. I couldn't believe it. Um, initially, I was like, man, did he quit? But going back and seeing, those were heavy shots. Like I said, he broke some of Luke Rockhold's teeth. He, he like, split Luke Rockhold's lip. Man, Mike Perry came with the heat. Um... But there were some scenes here. So um, Mike Perry goes for his post-fight interview and Conor McGregor's in the building. And he says, he, you know, can I get a face-off with Conor McGregor? Conor McGregor gets in the ring holding the BKFC title. This was something else. Um, you know, I'm not going to make such a big deal as other combat sports personalities did but um <laughs> it was pretty wild to see I, I couldn't believe that conor mcgregor was in that ring and against mike perry out of all people something that i would love to see i know it's never gonna happen but that'd be so wild to see shout out to mike perry you want to talk about a career resurgence man mike perry is crushing it and he fought out his contract um Sounds like he's going to have a lot of offers, but um, I fully and wholeheartedly believe that his place is in BKFC. So we will keep an eye on that. Shout out to Mike Perry. Shout out to Luke Rockhold, Eddie Alvarez, Chad Mendez, Christine Farid. This freaking card was fun, man. My favorite card of last weekend. And, you know, I mean, I know it's not... <laughs> Much to say, the UFC card was kind of whack, but man, this BKFC card was must-see. That was in Broomfield, Colorado. If you have a chance, go seek out those fights. Moving on to this week, we start off tonight, Friday night, 1, fight night 10 on Prime Video. In your main event, one of the greatest fighters of all time, Demetrius Johnson, in his trilogy bout against Adriano Morais. Um Rod Tang is in your co-main event. He's taking on Edgar Juarez Tabares. Mikey Musmesi is going to be grappling Osma Almawe. Stamp Fairtex is in, on the card versus Elise Anderson. Roberto Soltich or Soldic versus Zabatane 
Kadistan. Sage Northcutt is back when he takes on Ahmed Mushtaba. On Long Sung versus Rong Fang. Rainer DeRitter in a grappling match versus Ty Rotolo. And uh, that's it. But all those names are big, big names for one championship. They have stacked this card, and I'm excited. I'm really excited to see it. One championship on Prime Video is a really premier product. Like, go, if you haven't seen it, make sure you tune in. All you need is your Amazon Prime membership. It's going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight, Friday night. Seven MMA bouts, two grappling bouts, and two Muay Thai bouts. Check it out. Moving on to Friday, live from the Prudential Center. In, or Saturday, I'm sorry, live from the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. This is UFC 288 in your main event. The reigning, defending, undisputed UFC Bantamweight champion, Aljamain Sterling, takes on the returning former two-division champion, former Olympic world champion, Henry Cejudo. Yes, you heard that right. Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. Now, I'm recording this just a few hours after watching the cringiest, and I mean cringiest, press conference of all time. But, you know, when I look at this fight, um, I've been thinking about this fight all week, obviously, leading up to recording this. And um, I was scared because, you know, I'm not the biggest Henry Cejudo fan. But I've had it in my I've had this vision in my head for the last few weeks of um we know Henry Suhudo has like this pseudo karate stance, you know, very you know, light on his feet. And I have this vision of Aljamain Sterling going for a takedown and Henry Suhudo throwing a nasty knee and finishing Aljamain Sterling. Now, this is worst case scenario for me. Um, I'm kind of rooting for Aljo here. It's it's been a long road for me to be rooting for Aljo, but here we are. Um, but after seeing the press conference, I feel like Aljamain Sterling's gonna get it done. So this is not me playing the fence. I'm picking Aljamain Sterling. I think that he has a chance to finish Henry Cejudo. Um, in what way? I'm not sure. I ain't got the answer, Sway. But this is a very, very intriguing fight. Let's go down to the bottom of the card and work our way up. Joseph Holmes versus Claudio Hiberio. Zaugas Zumagulov versus Rafael Estevam. Ikram Alex Roth versus Phil Hawes. Paca Porter versus Braxton Smith. Marina Rodriguez versus Verna Janjiroba. Chaos Williams versus Ronaldo Bedoya. Devin Clark versus Kennedy Inzechiku. And the main event of the prelims, Drew Dober 
the most handsome man in MMA. He takes on Matt Frivola. Your main card starts off with the return of Crone Gracie when he takes on Charles Jordan. This is a banger. Banger, banger, banger. What a way to start off the card. Charles Jordan is must-see at this point. Crone Gracie, obviously he has a name. He hasn't fought in a few years. This is exciting. Movzar Ivoloyev versus the debuting Diego Lopez. Jessica Andrade versus Jan Xiaonan. In your co-main event, Bilal, remember the name, Mohamed versus Gilbert Durino Burns. This is a five-round co-main event. Um, I'll tell you what I told my wife when I was watching the press conference. Bilal Mohamed sounds terrible. We're a few hours away from it, but I think he's going to have a hell of a weight cut. And uh, Gilbert Burns will be Gilbert Burns I never count out Gilbert Burns. This is a very intriguing fight. And Dana White said it at the press conference that these guys, whoever wins this fight, their next fight will be a title shot. Now, that's not saying that they will step over Colby, but their next fight will be a title shot. And that is UFC 288. I'm really excited for the card. The main event is so damn interesting. But that was UFC 288, and this has been this week's episode of YBE MMA. I am Josh Prepagina. You can find me on all forms of social media. Elroy Preps in one word. You can find the show on Instagram at YBE MMA Podcast, as well as Teespring, teespring.com slash stores slash YBE MMA Podcast. If it's your birthday, happy birthday. Love your mothers. I love you, mom. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you next week.